0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up! 158. Ha! On this Thursday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambodoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? You know, I've heard a bonus Burns and Gambo where we stay late. Mm. The the starting early business here is, uh, it's a new one for us. We don't do this very often, but we have very good reason. We uh, are expecting Kevin Durant's introductory press conference to begin anymore. We wanted to make sure we gave ourselves plenty of runway going into that. So we took the air a couple of minutes early. We gave Wolf and Luke a couple of minutes off. We skipped Eric's update. All gambo so we can be ready for this day of introductions. It continues. Earlier today, it was Jonathan Gannon. Coming up in moments, it's Kevin Durant. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing Kevin Durant talk about the pursuit of a
1: championship, the Phoenix Suns, how it all came together. Uh, I'm you know, really looking forward to it. Obviously, he, the flirtation with the Phoenix Suns in the summer and, and asking for a trade but not being granted that trade staying with the Nets and then eventually you know here it was you know we had talked about January January's the day where you could trade DA and you know that there was a game the Suns were playing against the Nets and we kind of targeted that day and but in the end, he didn't get traded in January. He got traded at the, the, right before the trade deadline, and Kevin Durant ends up with the Phoenix Suns.
0: Yeah, uh, we are expecting this thing to start at uh, as we're straight up 2 o'clock. It might be a minute or two late. It might be a little more than that. We'll see. I, I know that um, this is one of those pressers that uh, I do wish I was down there for because there's three to 5,000 fans who are there. I believe they're season ticket holders who have been let. So this is going to sound like a very atypical press conference if you're listening to it. You're going to hear, Fan noise in the background. You're going to hear a crowd probably cheering some of the answers. Uh, It's going to have a very different vibe to it. They're having it on the court at Footprint Center. Big, huge banner behind Kevin Durant that's going to have Book on the banner, KD on the banner, Aiden on the banner, CP3 on the banner. Kimbo, it's going to look, feel, sound very, very different. That's for sure. Yeah, and
1: fans were invited. I mean, my wife was showing me somebody she knows that she works with, I think, took their kid out of school. To go be down there and be a part of it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, Pam. Families, you know, taking their kids out of school and just go down there. Kevin Durant's press conference. And it's an exciting day for Phoenix Suns fans.
0: Yeah, and an ex- exciting day, too, for all Arizona sports fans. We, of course, I, I mean, t- today's going to be one of those days. Gambo and I talked about it along with Mitch and Eric yesterday. And it, it does very much kind of have a wing it kind of feel to it where we're just going to be winging it a little bit today. We're going to bring you this press conference, every single word of it. We'll react to it. And then, undoubtedly, of the gambo, we're just going to kind of ping pong back and forth between Suns talk and Cardinals talk because there was, you know, not to bury the other big announcement today. There was a, you know, very enthusiastic press conference by Jonathan Gannon today that got a lot of reaction, and certainly Cardinal fans and Valley sports fans could really feel the love and the vibe coming off of him this morning at ten o'clock with all that energy he showed during the press conference. Yeah, and
1: you know, it's a lot of things to break down about what, about what Jonathan Gannon had to say, especially his thoughts on Kyler Murray. Yep. The, his four pillars that he believes are the key to success for him. How he got the job. Uh, talked about the defense and how they're going to be adaptable. That was a big word, right? Adaptable and, you know, week by week changing. So, yeah, we'll break down a lot of what he said. Play those comments. Of course, we'll play the Kevin Durant press conference first. We'll react to what KD had to say. And then uh, we'll obviously get into, uh, and we got a big sports day, too. You know, with the Suns playing tonight. Uh, Arizona playing tonight. ASU playing tonight. So there's a lot going on in the Valley. Yeah,
0: there is a lot going on. Now, uh, Kevin Durant will I'll continue to say this, will not be making his son's debut tonight. He's getting introduced today. It's the final game before the All-Star break for the Suns. They're taking on the Clippers this evening at 8 o'clock on TNT. The next game for the Suns uh, after the All-Star break will be a week from tomorrow when they take on Oklahoma City. Now, we had James Jones on the show yesterday, um, and he defined Kevin Durant's status as TBD to be determined, and whether he was going to be available for that first game after the All-Star break next Friday. Once we get to the All-Star break, the Phoenix Suns only have 20 games left on the season before the playoffs start, so not that there's necessarily urgency built into that, but I'm sure you'd like to get him integrated as soon as you can so that everything's kind of running as seamlessly as possible when the playoffs start. With a guy like Durant, though, fitting in with guys like Booker, fitting in with guys like Paul, we don't really worry about it needing a lot of time for them to figure it out. They're all very talented basketball players. I think they'll figure it out pretty quickly. No, I think
1: adaptable is the word of the day for both the Cardinals
0: and the Suns. He's yes. got to
1: adapt very quickly. I mean, we've talked about the sets that the Phoenix Suns run. He just incorporates Himself right into that, so he's a guy that can play off the ball, on the ball. He's a guy you can give the ball to. He's so tall and has such length that he could shoot the ball over anybody, just about from any spot on the floor. So wherever he is, he's a you know he's a threat to score three point range around the basket, mid range game. But his mid range game is just fantastic. It's one of the best we've ever seen in our lifetime. And uh, and the Suns are going to be the best mid range shooting team in the NBA by far. But yeah, I'm not really worried about the time it's going to take to incorporate him in to the Sun system. I think it's going to happen. It's, I think it's going to happen quickly. I, I'm not looking at they need five to ten games to play together. I think you know some of these guys, him and, and Book and Paul, know each other from Team USA. So I, I think it's going to be a very, a very easy transition for Kevin Durant to come play with the Suns.
0: Now, we're expecting to hear from Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Suns. We're expecting to hear from James Jones. He was just on with us yesterday, the president of basketball operations and the general manager of the Suns. And, of course, we're going to hear from Kevin Durant. We believe those three are are the ones that we're going to be hearing from today. There might be others, but I don't think so. I believe it's just them. And uh, and then, like I say, we'll carry it in its entirety. And then, of course, with tonight's game, as I mentioned, no Kevin Durant. Terrence Ross will be available. Uh, he will play tonight. Of course, you can't mention Kevin Durant without at least bringing up the fact that Mikkel Bridges scored 45 points last night for the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. He well, oh, He was incredible last night. I, I, I only saw the box score. I wasn't watching the game. Man, I wish I was watching that game. He put on a show last night for Brooklyn, it is, and he had he's he had, I think he had said he had never scored forty
1: in a game. I was reading some of the stories in the papers today, you know, out of the New York, the New York Daily News and uh, the New York Post and Newsday, and just seeing what everybody said about about Mikael Bridges. and He was hot, and they kept giving him the ball. And I think he said I had never, sc- he, I think he said he had never scored forty in a single game, and he goes for forty five last night, and that was a good game against Jimmy
0: Butler and Bam out of Bio in the Heat. Cam had eighteen, but Mikael Bridges. Was the star of the show. Yeah, he was he was absolutely incredible. And if you can tell, yes, we are definitely stalling. We're, we're not, we don't really have a visual on this. We're just waiting for our producers and our tech people to kind of give us the thumbs up that it's about to start and we haven't gotten that yet. I would imagine they're probably well, we could it. talk about
1: the big bonus that all the
0: employees of the Phoenix Suns are getting. No, we, we, could, we could do that. You know what? In one of his final, I'm glad you brought this up. I was gonna bring this up later, but since you brought it up now, I'll I'll go ahead and mention it. Um, Robert Sarver, in one of his final acts, as owner of of the Phoenix Suns is giving $20,000 individual bonuses to many team employees and is also donating $5 million to the team charity. Apparently there was a memo that went out in an email from new owner Matt Ishbia today. Those who qualified for the $20,000 bonus they'll get in their next paycheck. Full-time employees who started on or before February fifteenth, two 2022. That means between 250 and 300 employees who work for the Suns are going to get a $20,000 bonus in their check the next pay period. Yes. I was able to get a copy of the email that Matt Ishbia sent out, and uh, you know I
1: put that on my Twitter page so anybody could see the the email that went out. And he said, uh, Robert wanted me to pass on his appreciation to everyone for all their hard work during the years he owned the team. He wanted to say one last thank you and show his gratitude. I'm excited to share he wanted us to pass through a bonus of 20000 on his and Penny's behalf to all full-time members that have been with the organization for over a year. Team members that started on or before February 15th, 2022 will receive a 20000 bonus in your next paycheck tomorrow. Robert and Penny also donated $5 million to Suns Charities. We're grateful for the impact these contributions will have on our organization and community going forward. I'm so excited to partner together and do great things with you all for years to come. As we've discussed, have a great day. See you soon, Matt Ishbia. So I was able to get a, a copy of the email that Matt sent
0: out to everyone today, right. and I put that on my page, Gamble, there it is. let's go down of the Footprint Center. It's time for this begin.
1: And number 35, Kevin Durant.
2: Thank you for having us. Excited to be here today with you guys. Appreciate you all coming out for a special day here in Phoenix. We obviously got the guy next to us. We're going to introduce in a second, but really appreciate you guys being here. We're going to have a lot of fun. Excited to be here with everybody and be in Phoenix with all of you guys. I'm going to turn it over to the guy that makes all the trades, makes everything happen for us, does a heck of a job. Give a round of applause to Mr. James Jones.
3: Are we ready? Yes. Yeah. I asked the
4: real question, are we ready? I just wanna thank everyone for being here today. Um For all the fans everywhere in Phoenix and out in space, Um, this is a great day for our franchise. I took this job a few years ago, uh, determined to try to build a team built for championships. And I think we've reached a point where we've been able to add arguably one of the greatest players to ever play this sport. It's taken a lot of hard work, a lot of determination, a lot of commitment from the fans and everyone inside and outside this building, but I stand here today proud and happy to introduce number 35 for the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant.
5: I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I truly don't think I deserve all this because I, I know I've done a lot of good things in basketball, but I haven't done them yet in the Suns jersey. And I'm looking forward to doing it. So um, I want to go out there and do as most as I can and be the best that I can every day for you guys. So I appreciate the warm welcome, but I got more work to do.
0: 瓜哥
6: ranking
5: Arizona, Arizona Republic, Kevin again, welcome to Phoenix. Curious with, with this summer, obviously this was a, a destination idea for you, but I can go back to the 18-19 season when you spoke highly of the Suns' young core. You mentioned Devin and
2: DeAndre and TJ Warren, so obviously you've had respect for the franchise way back then,
5: but what was it about this current group that made you want to come here and play? Uh, they experienced a lot the last couple years. Um, you see the growth in this team. Uh, when Monty took over, when James came here, I see the, the culture started to change. The way they played on the floor, the energy they played with started to change. And I always love playing here in Phoenix. The fans always show love to you know, just good good basketball in general. They always cheer their fans on, but they show love to the opposing team as well. So uh, I knew this would be a, a, a great place to play and a great place to continue to get better as a player. You got somebody like Devin, Chris, Chris Paul, and Deion Andre Aiden, guys at work and I wanted to be a part of that. So I'm excited I'm here. I'm looking forward to trying to add as much as I can to the group already. Like I said, they built, you know, themselves up and built the structure and the infrastructure up for themselves already and I'm looking forward to adding to it.
3: Kevin uh, Kellen Olsen, Arizona sports. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Valley. Uh, adaptability and versatility has been a huge part of your career. And as you saw in Tokyo firsthand, Devin Booker did what pop needed him to do to help you guys win. What do you think it takes for a player to adapt and, and be versatile like you have? And how do you think Booker meshes with you in that regard?
5: Uh, oh yeah. Can you say it again? The last part.
3: adaptability and versatility have been a big part of your career yeah. all right I'm Kellen. Welcome to the ballet. Nice to meet you. Uh, adaptability and versatility have been a big part of your career, and as you saw in Tokyo, Devin Booker firsthand did a lot of what Pop needed him to do and helped you guys win. What does it take for a player to do that, to be adaptable, to be versatile, and, and how will you mesh with Book in that regard? Uh, just,
5: you know, first off, it takes just... Uh I think I built my game around being efficient, um, taking good shots, You know, making good plays um, on both ends of the floor. I think my defense feeds my offense. So, you know, I like to take shots in the mid-range. I like to cut to the basket. I like to do the little things uh, throughout the offense. And I think that's what makes you a versatile player and be able to adapt to any offense. Just being able to space the floor and use my skill to help other players. So, uh, I've been doing that my whole career. I'm looking forward to playing with somebody like Book, who plays kind of similar to how I play. Uh, We use the same spots on the floor, but uh, try to do it quick and efficient. So I'm looking forward to it.
6: Hey Kev, uh, Gerald Borges, PHNX. Welcome to the Valley. I know you've only been here for a few days, but you mentioned wanting to accomplish something here with the Suns. This is a franchise that's been around for 55 years and has yet to get over that hump. So have you gotten a sense of what it would mean to this fan base to win a title
5: and what would it mean to you personally? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why we play the game of basketball. Um, we understand that. Um, and I'm, But I'm more concerned about what we do every day as a team, the stuff that you Guys, don't see. Um, I think that's what really brings championships and um, puts us in a position to win a championship is the work that we put in every day. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, But I know how significant a championship is to a franchise and to a city. And um, I've been a part of two of those, and I'm looking forward to, you know, getting back on that road to try to do it again. But I know how tough it is and how hard it is. And this fan base is is looking forward to cheering for a winner. So um, I'm looking, I want to go out there and I want to go out there and prove uh, every night that we got a chance to win. And, you know, that starts with the work we put in every day in practice. Kevin, Doug Howler with The Athletic. Uh, you,
6: you've played on some teams that have stars like yourself. and In your experience, sometimes those things work, sometimes they don't. In your experience, what is like a key ingredient to have all that come together and you get the chemistry that you need to succeed at a high level?
5: Uh, it starts with uh, James and, and Monty, in my opinion. They're the leaders of the team. You know, they oversee what we do every day. Monty is the one that's supposed to put everybody in positions to be successful. And um, on the great teams that I played on, that's what that's what it always was. The coach was always the leader. And uh, we kind of, uh, we spread his measures on the floor and we extend on the floor, but he's the one that's giving us, you know, the pointers on what we need to do. So looking forward to being taught by Monty, being coached by Monty in the staff and everybody here I've been to a couple practices already and the attention to detail is something that I love and you know if we continue to stay on that path every day we'll we'll see good things.
4: Cameron Cox, 12 News. KD, welcome to the Valley. Over here. Um, What what do you make of the excitement here today, the fans that are here today? And then, Matt, did you envision this when you bought the team?
2: You want to start with me? Um, Well, I'm excited. So, I mean, I love seeing the fans out here. And, uh, you know, coming to phoenix coming to phoenix being part of this with james and monty and and of course devin and now kevin and chris the whole team it's been such an honor uh getting a chance to spend time with them but i'm excited just like all of you guys and phoenix it's got the best fans in the country so i'm proud to be out with you
5: yeah i could feel the excitement as soon as i got off the plane and um Everywhere everywhere I've been so far, fans have been, um, you know, giving me a warm welcome. But I still feel like I got to prove myself every day. They set a high standard for the players here. I could tell. I could tell by how much. how dedicated they are to the to the team so there's a high standard set every night for each player and I want to reach that every day so I feel like I still got to prove myself I want to put good stuff on film every day that's what I'm that's the only thing I'm concerned with at this point in my life is putting good stuff on the film every night so I'm looking forward to doing that for the Suns fans and hopefully they accept me after that. Kevin, uh, over here, uh, Richard
2: Signs, Fox 10 Phoenix, uh, welcome to the Valley. Uh, you, you've obviously won championships before. You know what a championship team looks like. Do you feel you can win a championship with this team? And what is it about you that tends to make the players around you better? City? I'm sorry. Say it again. You, you won a championship before. You know what a championship team looks like. Do you feel you can win a championship with this team now?
5: And what is it about you that tends to make the players around you better? Yeah, I think we got uh, all the pieces um, to be successful. We got guys that experience what it's like to play in that final round. We got a champion already just overseeing us. Monty's a champion as a coach. Um, so we got guys that have been there. And that's, that's half the battle, just knowing what it takes. And, uh, yeah, we got guys that can do pretty much everything on the floor. So we got to put it together. I'm looking forward to doing the work. Hey, Kevin,
4: Dana Scott from the Arizona Republic. Glad to have you here. And uh, this is a two-part question for you and for Matt. Matt. Uh, Kevin, do you consider being here and not winning a championship this year or any year that you're here a uh, failure or a progression? And the second question for Matt. What was your reaction to what happened earlier this week at, uh, this week at your alma mater, Michigan State?
5: Uh, I know it's always it's pressure because I'm one of the best players to ever play a game. So every time... So, so, and so every time I step on the floor, people are gonna expect me to do great things, and the team I'm on to do great things. But I enjoy getting better as a player every day. I enjoy just waking up and getting to do this. So I don't ever say anything's a failure um, if I get the, if I'm healthy enough to play the game of basketball. But I know what's on our backs, and we understand that, and we want to we want to do the most. We want to get the most out of this opportunity.
4: Preach that last part for me, so I can. Do you want me to answer? That? Yes, uh, I just wanted to know your reaction and any comments you had on what happened earlier this week at your alma mater, Michigan State.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Uh, obviously, a horrible, horrible thing happened at Michigan State this week. Uh, sending out my love to all, all my family, my people that are there. I spent a lot of time at Michigan State, talked to coaches. I talked to a lot of people about those events, and it's just it's hard to even talk about or imagine. Uh, I know a lot of people that were up there during the time, and sent love to them, and you know just thinking about those people, and hopefully get through these tough times together as Spartans and as families. Thank you. Kevin, Nick Friedel, ESPN. Todd. Uh, how would you sum up your time in Brooklyn? How would you sum up your time in Brooklyn?
5: it was uh it was uh it was a lot of ups and downs, but I loved the grind. So, and everybody in Brooklyn loved the grind too. So I built a family over there. They're gonna always be a part of my journey. Uh, so we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish as far as winning a championship, just like I told him, but I enjoy the grind. And everybody there, we tried our hardest every day, regardless of what was going on in the media, what was going on with our teammates. Everybody who was in that gym, we grinded. So I love those guys. I get emotional talk about them because That was a special four years of my career, coming off of Achilles, and they helped me through a lot, so I don't have anything... um So, yeah, it was terrible how some stuff went down, but at the end of the day, I love to grind. And we all love to grind there in Brooklyn, and I wish them the best going forward. They got a bright future. As you look back on that time, I know how much you guys wanted to win a title. Why
2: don't you think it worked there? you guys together?
5: We just didn't get on the court enough. I think when you seen James, Kyrie, and myself, it was it was amazing basketball for 17 games, though. <laughs> but you need, in order for you to win a championship and be a great team, you just need more time on the floor. We could. It's another story about why we didn't get on the floor together, but we just didn't get enough time on the floor. And um, those are Hall of Fame players that I learned a lot from every day, and I'm wishing them the best as well. Uh, it's just and work out. Hey, James, over here.
4: This is Dave King with SB Nation. Welcome to the Valley. We're happy to have you here. I have a very short two-part question. First, what is it about Devin Booker that makes all-time greats like Chris Paul and now you want to play with him and come to the Valley and get traded to the Suns? And my
5: second part is when are you going to take the court? Uh, i asked answer the second part first. I don't know, but hopefully soon, you know, you, hopefully you can feel my enthusiasm and get ready to get out there and play, but I'm going a- to... I'm going to follow the training staff and, and, and go on the schedule that they got me on. So hopefully hopefully soon after break. Um, but as far as Devin, it's just he has a pure game. He can score from every area of the floor with efficiency. He's athletic, but he don't really show it a lot, but he can. Like last, last game, he had two dunks. It surprised me out of nowhere, even though I know he has that in his tool bag. But he's just such a quiet, efficient scorer, and he goes about his business on and on. Off the court in just a mature manner and um, I just wanted to be a part of be a part of it I wanted to be a part of his journey and see you know how good he can get from here and you know he's just one of those players that uh, I really admire and people are going to be doing classes on him once he's done playing like you can learn so much from watching his game. Shane Young with Forbes Sports. Welcome to the Valley.
6: Um, Do you think your defense still gets under-discussed being in, you know, almost two decades in in the NBA and uh, people still talk about your offense? Do you feel like uh, that gets under discussed, and how much do you think you're going to be able to contribute on that end for Monty and stuff?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I understand why. I mean, I can score the basketball. People like scoring and defense is not the glamorous thing in the game. So yeah, I understand why it may not be discussed as much, but my coaches and my teammates uh, trust in me in that, on that side of the floor and I'm looking forward to adding that to this team. I see they do a lot of switching on some stuff and they fight over a lot of screens. The stuff that I like to do, protect the rim and You know, I think I add value to a team with my defense. And like I said earlier, I think my defense always feeds into my offense. So when I'm locked in on that end, I could be better on the other side. Kevin,
6: uh, to your left, Chris Maddox with Sports Illustrated. Kevin, you were 18 and 2, the Nets were, before your injury. I want to know, what was your reaction to Kyrie's trade request? Is there any part of you disappointed that you couldn't have finished what you started?
5: Yeah, I was upset that we couldn't finish. I thought we had some good momentum. We were... Um, finally build the culture that we always wanted. Um, I felt like every game we were building our chemistry, um, but I didn't know what was going on with Kyrie and his situation with the organization, so I didn't really focus on that. I only focused on what we were doing on the court, and um, it was a blow to our team. It, it just took away our identity. He was a huge, huge part of what we do. Um, his game, he's a Hall of Fame player, a great, great player that can do everything on the floor, and we relied on that. So without him, we didn't have have a clear identity so that was tough for me to stomach and I love playing with those guys throughout the year I felt like we had dudes were stepping up and doing stuff that they didn't do on their previous team so I enjoyed everything about it and it was tough to not finish the season but um, you know I just tried to move forward as quickly as I can and try to figure something out for myself but also still focus on trying to rehab and get back so it all happened so fast but I'm glad it worked out this way.
3: We'll do one final question.
6: Kevin right here, Colin Harmon, ABC 15 Sports. Uh, you came into the league at the tail end of the seven seconds or less era, and you know the, all that talent was homegrown on that team. Now I look at the backdrop, and two of the four up there are future Hall of Famers that chose to want to come to Phoenix. I'm curious how the, maybe the evolution and the, the perspective amongst superstar players in the league about playing in Phoenix ha- has evolved in, in your time in the league.
5: I was definitely involved. I mean I, I felt like once I got into the league, I came in at 07. Phoenix was always one of the top teams in the league. Um it only been a few years actually um, where they you know they weren't one of the top teams. So um, they always had a solid team, somebody always respected. And when you came in here, this was a this was a battle. You know, you knew the crowd was gonna be into it from the uh, from the tip. And I think one of the one of the best teams you know, since I've been in the league was that team that didn't make the playoffs that were like 45 and 37. I think with the twins and PJ Tucker I think that was one of the teams that really sold me on like all right this is a this is a this is a destination to come play this is a place that you know they really get behind their team so um, and also just the style of play that team had I felt like that's always evolved in this the fast pace here in Phoenix so um, that drew me here you you know you always keep an eye out on organizations and teams throughout the league, throughout your career and this is one of the teams always and one of the cities always respected and You know, I'm glad I was able to come full circle, and I'm here now. Thank you for helping us.
1: Welcome
0: Kevin Durant to the Valley. We ask that all fans make their way to the exit, and we hope to see you. That's the voice of uh, our colleague Vince Murata, the co-host of the Bickley Murata Show and the PA announcer for the Phoenix Suns. The press conference is done. Gambo and I will have plenty to react to to Kevin Durant's first comments as a member of the Phoenix Suns. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with that here on the Burns and Gambo Show
5: and gambo afternoons two
0: till six on arizona sports the local sports leader Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, we are live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday afternoon. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one the only John Gambadoro. We've got a lot to unpack today. Two introductory press conferences 10 a.m. this morning. We heard from new Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon and you just got done listening to maybe one of the most unique press conferences huh. I have ever heard in my entire I just, life.
1: I was just thinking that. like, I think it's great that the Fans had an opportunity to be there, but like it didn't make for a great press conference setting. No, it really didn't. Did it? Right? No, uh, no. Like, I think it's good that the fans got a chance to be there and 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 be a part of it. But like it, like I did get a kick out of the the, the fans booing the question on you know your time in Brooklyn and what happened. And I think I got a kick out of that. But it did. It, it was it was just different. With you know, I can't hear you. Repeat the question. And I, it, it 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 was much different. I, listen, we've been around press conferences for forty years, like to you know thirty plus years. To that's a different. Type of setting for a press conference. That's not the usual setting. It was. It was. It made it kind of odd. It did having
0: the fans there. It just did. It, it did. And it's. I mean, it's. If you're the Suns, you want to celebrate it right and letting fans there. But it does create this weird atmosphere where I mean, you have to ask him the Brooklyn question, right? You have to ask him sure. about his time with the Nets. It just seems like such an odd place to do it when you've got five thousand such fans over your left shoulder who are like, "Yeah, we don't care about that. Talk about the talk about the Suns. We don't want." to hear about the Nets stuff. Tell us what we want to hear about. Give us the stuff we want to talk about. Um, Durant, in addition to talking about his time in Brooklyn, he talked about maybe one of the, the biggest questions was the ring and is this season or future seasons a failure if he doesn't get one? Here's what
5: he said. I know it's always it's pressure because I'm one of the best players that ever played a game. So, every time... So... So, and so every time I step on the floor, people are going to expect me to do great things. And the team, I'm on to do great things. But I enjoy getting better as a player every day. I enjoy just waking up and getting to do this. So I don't ever say anything's a failure um, if, I get the, if I'm healthy enough to play the game of basketball. But I know what's on our backs, and we understand that. And we want, to, we want to do the most. We want to get the most out of this opportunity. So
0: other than the oddity of the environment and how different and unique it was, what stood out to you about what KD had to say today, Gambo?
1: Um... I think, I, if I go back, if, I be, if I'm being honest, that, that P.J. Tucker team, and I was just trying to look up that year, the year the Phoenix Suns, he said, they, they won like 45 games, they didn't make the playoffs, the Twins were there, and, you know, that sold me. It's interesting that that team, you know, that team was the one that sold him on, on the Phoenix Suns. That that stood out to me a lot. You know, you, you know, you go, you go look at the the years that they've been around and all the different coaches that they've had, and, you know, what was? that sold you on the the phoenix suns being good and I'm just you know i'm just i'm looking back and Taught, know, it, 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 was yeah. that the forty-eight and thirty-four
0: yep. year. That it was, was that Hornacek's the, first year. That was that was the, the Hornacek year. Yeah, that was Hornacek's first year. That was McDonough's first year. That was yeah, they went forty-eight and thirty-four. Yep, they missed a playoff they spot by about two games, if I remember right, to the Utah Jazz, and that was a team that everything they touched turned to gold that off season. They made every single oh right the move. twins. He meant the he meant the Marcus no. and Markeith twins.
1: Yeah, oh, he wasn't See, when he about, said twins. When he said twins, I was thinking Cam and McCall. No, no, I'm thinking he's... the twins, Cam and McHale. He was talking about Markeep and Marcus, and that team with Bledsoe and Dragic and Channing Fry and Gerald Green. Alex Len was there. PJ Tucker. You know that was a really good Suns band. Okay, but that's going back to 2013-14. That's eight nine years ago. So I was very I was very interested in that comment that
0: those. Those teams, that team, that year that 's what kind of sold them on on them. Let me play the cut for everybody so we can all refresh our memories together here. Well,
5: I was definitely involved. i mean I, I felt like once I got into the league, I came in at seven Phoenix was always one of the top teams in the league um, it only been a few years actually um, where they you know they weren 't one of the top teams, so um, they always had a solid team, somebody always respected and when you came in here, this was a this was a battle. you know you know the crowd was going to be into it from the um, from the tip, and I think one of the one of the best teams that you know since I've been in the league was that team that didn't make the playoffs that were like forty five and thirty seven, I think, with the Twins and PJ Tucker. I think that was one of the teams that really sold me on like, all right, this is a this is a this is a destination to come play. This is a place that you know they really get behind their team. So, um, and, and also just the style of play that team had, I feel like that's always evolved in this the fast pace here in Phoenix. So um, that drew me here. You you know, you always keep an eye out on organizations and teams throughout the league throughout your career. This is one of the teams always, and one of the cities always respected. And I'm glad I was able to come full circle and I'm here now.
0: Goran Dragic, Eric Bledsoe, Gerald Green, Markeith Morris, Channing Frye, Marcus Morris, P.J. Tucker, Miles Plumley, Leandro Barbosa was on that team for a little bit. Archie Goodwin, Ish Smith. I'm looking at the roster. Okay, now look at the game, March 6th
1: at the U.S. Air. Center in Phoenix. The Oklahoma City Thunder. They were they were 46 and 16. They were 30 games over 500 30 games over. And the Suns beat them in Phoenix 128-122. You know, Durant played with Abaca, Westbrook, and the Suns beat them. And that was Gerald Green. I'm just looking. Gerald Green had 41 points. Dragic had 22. Marquise had 24. Marcus had 15. I was just trying to see if they like when they played each other, and it just makes me think because he specifically mentioned yeah. that team, and that's eight nine years ago. He specifically mentioned that team. That was a really good Oklahoma City team that year, and the Suns beat him in Phoenix, and. I wonder if just, you know, and, and he mentioned the fans and everything. I wonder if that game had something to do with
0: his, you know, you know, kind of winning
1: him over on Phoenix at that time. I mean, it's just so
0: funny because, I mean, you think about just our history in Phoenix with the Phoenix Suns. And, and we remember that year, of course. Goran Dragic was all NBA third team and Jeff Hornacek. They, 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 that, that was a much better team than anybody had expected. But when you start talking about great Phoenix Suns memories over the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, that team's not going to come up an awful lot, right? Like, that's not going to be the first thing you think about or even the third or fourth or fifth thing you think about. Now, suddenly, it puts that team back into this odd kind of focus. Like, wow, that's because you think about after that team, it all fell apart. I mean, once they won those forty-eight games that are Jeff Hornacek, it wasn't that much longer after that that Hornacek was gone, and then they went through the carousel of of Igor Kukoshkov and and all of them you know the mess and, and every Triano and and all of that the Earl Watson. It was a mess after that season. Just what an unusual year to kind of point out and say that's the one where I always started thinking about the Phoenix Suns. What a strange year
1: to mention, I know. right? All the teams, right? All of the Suns teams and he's going back nine years for the Jeff Hornace because when he said like the twins, my immediate thought is, I'm not thinking of Marquise and Marcus. Like, we try to forget those guys. Like, we've, we've done a good job of trying to forget them. And then he mentions the twins. I'm thinking Cam and McHale. Like, because he mentioned Cam and PJ Tucker. And I'm like, PJ Tucker with Cam and McHale? And I'm thinking, like, that doesn't really fit. And then, you know, you go back, like, okay. And I mean, you said twins. Like, oh, Marquise and Marcus. Yeah. Those twins. Yeah. I, was, I thought that was interesting. Listen, I, I think he was, I think, you know, all the New York papers are going to pick up on it on everything he said about it at the time in Brooklyn. We had ups and downs. I loved the grind. It was a special four years. It didn't work out, but I loved the grind. So he had a lot of, you know, and, I, and I, he took the high road. He didn't say anything negative. He just, you know, appreciated his time there. They came up short, but he spoke very fondly of the four years that he had with
0: Brooklyn. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, first, let me remind you, because you might be listening to us on the podcast right now, you can subscribe to the Burns and Gambo Show. It's our podcast. It works like every other podcast that you subscribe to on your iPhone or and your Android. You won't miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show, brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold, guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers and go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. From one press conference to another, Jonathan Gannon this morning, his introductory press conference with the Cardinals. We react to that for the first time next on the Burns and Gambo Show. (laughs) The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll (laughs) presented by Sanderson Ford. Alright, so let's roll out our Twitter poll question of the day on this kind of chaotic but fun day because everything's just kind of happening right in front of us. Final game before the All-Star break for the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant just introduced with no specific word on when he is going to make his debut. We're thinking sometime right after this weekend's All-Star break. Eric is here. He's got our Twitter poll question of the day. What you got, Rubs? Well, we have to look
6: at that after All-Star break portion of the season as it is right now. The Suns are 32-27 and with the game against the Clippers tonight. They are currently fourth place in the Western Conference, nine games out of first and one game behind third. The question today is, where will they finish at the end of the season? Your four options are, they somehow snag that first seed, they get the second seed, the third seed, or they stay at fourth
1: or drop. Three... I'd say third because I think, as I said this to Burns yesterday, I, I don't, I, I don't. You're not chasing right now. You're not chasing one or two. You, you're just you're chasing health. Uh- you're, you're, you've got four back-to-backs coming up before the end of the year. They've got Durant's been injured, Paul's been injured, Booker's been injured. Like it's about management right now, load management. I don't, you know, I, they might sacrifice a few games for the sake of health. So that's why I don't think they'll
0: move up to one or two. Everything he said. Third, I think they'll finish third when it's all said and done.
6: Third is in second place right now, but in first place is the second seed. Fifty point three percent think the Suns will snap the second seed in. In the West, 365 going with third. 7.3% think they'll get first, which means that's not in last place. 5.8% say they'll be at fourth or below. More people think they're going to finish first than fourth. Feels like a little Homerism that's... and less actually doing the math. Okay, but, yeah. uh,
0: just look at the standings, and basically the Suns would have to not lose a game the rest of the season, and Denver would have to play like 500 basketball for the Suns to even have a chance. <laughs> the, the, the hand motions, bitch, is. Get in the other side of the glass. Have me laughing right now, Mitch being a big Denver Nuggets fan. All right, that's our poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. From one introduction to another. We're going to be adaptable.
4: We're going to be violent. We're going to be explosive. And we're going to be smart. And all three phases go into that. And we will maximize the talents of the players that we have. And that's how we're going to win games.
0: And don't get it twisted. We're going to win games. (laughs) <laughs> that was Jonathan Gannon, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals press conference. He heard live here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader this morning at about 10 a.m. or so. He took questions. There was high energy. There was a lot of things to take note of. Gambo will uh, certainly talk much more specifically Hi, about what I'm he had J- to say about Kyler. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, that wasn't me. Well, that wasn't you? No. <laughs> Oh, That was Mitch. Oh, I, heard, I heard somebody's voice on the air. I assumed it was yours. No, somebody pressed the wrong button. I think a commercial
1: was playing. I'll tell you what I took out of it. Violence. And you know I would take violence out of, of it, it because, you know, that's what I took out of it. Defeat the, the Arizona Cardinals were one of the worst home teams in the National Football League, they were pathetic. They won one game at home. Like you've got all these fans paying all this hard-earned money to go to a game to watch their team lose every time. I mean, it's 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 tough. It's it's difficult. Fans don't want to go to a, you know they want to see you win. They want to see you play well. So I think that that comes with the violence. You got to make this difficult. You got to make it a hard place to play. You got to make it. You know Kevin Durant talking about the Suns and you know the coming here to Phoenix and the crowd and everything. You want you want that. And I think part of that is being a physical, violent football team. You may come here you Arizona may be better Sports. than us breaking news
6: we're flying by the seat of our pants today, and Ian Rappaport is reporting the Arizona Cardinals have requested to interview Browns quarterbacks coach Drew Petzing for their offensive coordinator job under new head coach Jonathan Gannon.
0: Sorry to cut you off, Gambo, but that nope, did just come down. Yep, Drew Petzing, the Browns quarterbacks coach. The Cardinals have requested to interview him for their OC job. This is fully 100%, completely, totally expected by the Arizona Cardinals. This is the name we've seen totally attached expected. most often, yes.
1: Familiarity with him and, and everything. Totally expected that that was going to be the case. So we'll we'll get to that in a second. I want to finish my thought yep. on 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 what he said. Those four pillars, I think were 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 important because I think you know if I take anything out of that press conference with Gannon, you know, and I want to talk about the you know being adaptable too. But I, you know that that thing was that was important, right? They want to be violent. They want to be ad- uh, adaptable, violent, explosive, and smart. And you could look into. Everything. Explosive offensively. They want to score a lot of points. Smart. They don't want to have a lot of penalties. That's smart. Adaptable, they want to be able to change week to week, no matter who they're playing. And then violent—the violent part comes in. We want to be a physical football team. We want to come in here on both sides of the. But that starts with the trenches. That starts on the offensive and defensive line. We want to come in. We want to be a difficult team to play. You want to come here, you're gonna have a hard time. You may, if you get a victory here, you're gonna walk out with some bumps and bruises, some yeah. lumps. You know, that's what I liked. I liked that part of what he said with his four pillars of what was important to him.
0: Yeah, I liked the four pillars too. The violence, of course. Just, I mean, it really stood out, right? Because you just don't, you don't hear that. We all know football is a violent sport, but to hear a coach describe it like that, it was a little bit of a not a shock, but it certainly was a splash of cold water to the face. Like, oh, okay. Here's more from Gannon's introductory press conference on why he believes he's the right guy for the job. I would say I'm the guy for the job. <laughs> That's what I would say. Um, you know, just
4: talking with Michael and Monty, uh, very excited to get started. But just what they just said, our our vision of how we want to run the football team, uh, I would say that any job I've ever taken, there's a little light. Any job I've ever taken, there's always a big time challenge ahead of you, and I've succeeded in all those, starting from the ground floor of the business all the way up until this seat. So, what I don't know about the job, I'll figure out fast, and I'll lean on the people that I can that I can trust and lean on, and uh,
0: we're gonna get it rolling. Now, like I said, we're gonna talk specifically what he said about Kyler, because obviously everybody wants to know about Kyler and how this is gonna work and things like that. I, I, I tell you, the the part one of the, the violence part stood out to me. There's no doubt about. That that but the other part was the very next like question that he was answered that he asked in, in which he said i famously said i don't have a scheme and people were very uncomfortable with that i'm not we're gonna look you got it for me play it for me would you please it's everything to me the game continually
4: changes and adapts and the game it's in 2023 is not gonna look like it was this year and that's because coaches are smart. So um, I famously set a line back in when I first took over as a defensive coordinator of Philly that I don't have a scheme. And people were very uncomfortable with that. And I was not because I don't believe in a scheme. I believe in putting the players that we have in positions to be successful. So we're going to look different week to week, predicated on who we have playing and who we are playing and um, I think that you have to be ever evolving and adaptable, and have a growth mindset to stay ahead of the curve, or you will get beat. So uh, that's what I mean by adaptable. Good question. <laughs> I-
1: Go ahead. I like I liked I like his answer because e- e- week in and week out you play somebody different. You may play a statue of a quarterback who can't move, and you may say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend that guy differently than what I do if I'm playing against you know Jalen Hurts, a guy that's gonna run the ball eight times a game, and and you know I might have to have a spy on Jalen Hurts, but I'm not gonna have that you know a spy on Carson Wentz, and just, so I just think that his adaptable comment was interesting because yeah you know. I'm a I'm a big styles make fights type of guy from from you know the boxing days, but I do think it, I I do think that that makes sense. I mean if you if you got a lot of talent then you've got some versatile talent you could switch it up week in and week out depending on who your opponent is
0: we've got much more on both of these stories coming up next on the burns and gambo show we're going to turn our attention back to the suns when we come back might not have been a popular choice among the fans that were down there at footprint center today but kevin durant was asked about his time with brooklyn today we'll react to what he said you'll hear what he had to say next on the burns and gambo show